Hey everybody and welcome to Down in Alabama on the weekend. We bring you a short three to five minute news update episode each weekday. And we've been experimenting with a longer show on the weekend where AL.com's Lita Gore joins me and we talk about a couple of topics, usually something political or newsy and often something else a little more about life in Alabama. This week, Hurricane and Tropical Storm Florence has dominated the news everywhere in the southeast, but it's a breaking news event, and we didn't want to do too much on something that's going to change so much while this episode is live. So what we decided to talk about instead, there was an online poll AL.com did to try to figure out some of the issues that most concern Alabamians here in this election year. So Lita and I decided we'd talk not just about those issues, but about Alabama perspectives and why people here seem dialed into some and not others. So forgive us if this show takes a little more of a scattered shotgun approach. And then at the end, we'll tell a couple of lighter stories from hurricanes we remember, because that's what you do between Hurricane Center updates, you remember hurricanes past. All right, we, we were looking at some of the biggest issues facing Alabama this week, and Lita actually put a poll on the website, you know, asking readers to, to talk about the issue that is most important to them and let them vote and everything. Lita, do you want, you want to talk, start by talking about some of those, those findings? Sure. Well, it's, it's actually part of a bigger project that's, that's ongoing, but the idea was this, that if, if KIV is not, our, our governor is not going to be willing to debate leading up to the election, you know, can you, can you discuss these issues that you normally would discuss in a debate in a different way? So, but before we just jumped into that, we wanted to know the the issues that people cared about and, and what they looked at. So AL.com, you know, has, has a list it works on, and it looked at some um, a list from the Public Affairs Research Council, you know, to get to get different viewpoints. And it, we came up with this massive list of, I don't want to say problems, it's more like issues. And then we let people vote on which ones they think were most important. And I think we ended up with about 8,000 votes. So, you know, it's, it's definitely non-scientific, but for sampling, it was, a, it was a representative sampling at least. You know, it was really interesting because I've done a lot of these type of things over the years, and you always think you know how they're going to turn out, and as once again, I was completely wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I did not think, not that, that corruption wasn't a problem, but it turned out that government corruption and ethics was the top issue for most voters, like a, almost 15%, it was a little over 14% thought that was the, the biggest deal for Alabama. And I'll just do a quick rundown. I won't do all of them, but we'll, we'll cover the tops and the bottoms. Number two was lottery and sports betting. Number three was mental health and substance abuse. And right behind that was health care and opioids, which to me are, you know, kind of all go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had K-12 education at only 8% thought that was a pressing issue, which I thought was just really an interesting, you know, what do we always hear is that education is the biggest issue. Right. Now, uh, all of those were, you know, around 8%. You would get kind of that. So we can kind of look at those if you want to, and then we, we'll maybe look at the ones that people don't care about. We'll spend less time, how about that, talking yeah. about the things people don't care about. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, so first is uh, government corruption and ethics, which is, you know, I always hear when we write some of these stories that unless it costs somebody money, why do they care? But apparently they do care, or at least they see that as what's holding the state back. Well, it's something that's been in the news so much lately over the past year or two and with a governor that, that left office, I guess. Uh, also, things are pretty 
good. I, I don't want to say that. And I know people get, oh, wait a minute, people have it bad. But economically, things are pretty good right now. Um, yeah. It's, it's, you know, so a lot of pocketbook issues are going to sink a little bit, at least because a lot of people aren't feeling the, the, the pain. So I, maybe that allows corruption to be higher than it normally would. Well, economy and workforce training was less than 5%. Yeah. So obviously, you know, people, they weren't, so it's the luxury of having to worry about ethics, I guess now it's what it is. But mm-hmm. I also think that there's always a knee-jerk reaction, and I don't care if Republicans are in office or Democrats in office, that something fishy's going on. I mean, yeah. I think that's just the people's natural inclination. So therefore, oh, we must have an ethics problem. And, yeah. there, you know, there's lots of reports that show, Alabama right up there with them with the most corrupt states and how we have all these ethics prosecutions. And, and the only thing that, that – and not that we don't, because Lord knows we do, and, and they're justified. But the only thing – every time I hear one of these and I read one of these things about how many ethics prosecutions we have, I think about – I had an old-timey uh, police chief one tell me. His, his town had a very high rate of DUI arrests. And he said, so does that mean we have more drunks or we're just better at catching the drunks? Yeah, that's true. And so I, yeah, so I wonder if we, we have more ethically challenged politicians or we're just better at catching the ethically challenged politicians or both, you know. So yeah, especially, especially in a situation where you've got one party rule. I mean, if uh, surely you, you presume they try to cover for each other. Well, they're not doing a good job if that's the case, because, you know, you have one party that's clearly in power everywhere and these guys are still being brought down. Right. Well, and what we've seen is in Alabama, while you may have one party in charge, that party's still divided. Mm-hmm. You have different factions. You know, you have the Hubbard faction and you had the Bentley faction. And, and, you know, if they ever got together and decided to do something, which they do occasionally, you couldn't stop them. They have a supermajority in both houses in every statewide elected office except U.S. Senate for one senator. So, you know, they can do whatever they want. It's just getting them to agree to do something. It's much like we see in Congress right now, you know. Yep. You don't really see, um, even though Republicans have control of Congress, you don't really see things getting done. Setup's a little different there on how you have to do some votes, but, you know, uh, in Alabama, if the Republicans want something, there's nothing to stop it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I just, I don't know. I was interested. I thought schools would be higher because that's something we all, you know, hear about is Alabama does not have good schools. I thought schools and education would be, you know, much higher. And interestingly enough, school safety got like 2%. Yeah, really. I mean, it's like a big topic if you can talk about guns and how everyone's divided. But on securing the school, eh. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not worried about education. We got some ethics problems, but um, to me, you know, education usually always comes up way up top. And the other interesting thing I found on this, and I think this is kind of telling for all of us that cover these sort of things: Confederate monuments and the handling of Confederate monuments. Which, of course, you know, any time they do anything, it's like a huge deal. Was one point three percent. So <laughs> that people that while people that that either want them taken down or want them kept up, believing this very passionately, for the vast majority of people, it's just not an issue that's going to change their day-to-day life. 
which is kind of interesting because the ethics thing doesn't, you know, we we always say we hold politicians accountable, but, you know, even during the Bentley thing, I had people tell me, well, I don't care what he does on his private life as long as he's, you know, running the state well, and, and that doesn't affect me, you know. And so it's interesting yeah. to see how people choose it. But I think people just don't like politicians, so there you go. They're all crooked. So that's what that's, they, you know, that's the general idea. That's very American, and, and it's also very Southern, and it's to, to not trust the people in charge. And, and it's kind of, right. most cases, right. it's, a, it's a healthy thing. It's, you know, it's what, what's what <laughs> it's got the country justified. started in the first place. It's what made our first president pull back the reins. It's, you know, and ever since, yeah. we've, been, we've not trusted the guy up there. So, Well, what's interesting, too, is way down on the list was improving Alabama's image. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was, you know, it was in the single digits. So they want to clean up ethics, but if the image is bad, eh, we don't don't worry too much about that. And and I think that's sort of that independent streak, too, of, you know, I think the the worst thing an Alabama politician can do is bring somebody in from Washington, D.C., because a lot of times that just rubs people the wrong way. And so I think... um, it's sort of like we we have we're ethically challenged, but Dagummit, there are ethically challenged politicians, <laughs> so we're going to protect them. Well, it yeah, was, it was an interesting list. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, improving the state's image. I mean, that's we don't care. You know, if you don't like <laughs> us, just stay away. You know. Uh, well, we've all had that relative, and I, I had one that used to come spend summers with us when I was an older teenager, young college kid who was from, who'd grown up in the military, so she'd really grown up all over the world. And her first time here, the first thing she said, and she wasn't being ugly, she was really serious. She said, oh, y'all have roads. And I'm like, (laughs) well, yeah, we've got roads, you know. (laughs) But in her mind, she thought everyone lived in sort of these, you know, plantation-style homes and out in the country. (laughs) She didn't realize we had, like, cities and roads. And we went to the Galleria, which was new, so that tells you how old this was. And, uh, um... You know, she was amazed that we had stores that well, sold clothes. Yeah, I, I watched the Dukes of Hazard for eight full entire seasons, and there was <laughs> the only pavement was the town square. Everything else, and with the Confederate monument that went around, you remember, and they would yeah, run around oh, and yeah. around that. If they left the town square, it was dirt roads, and you know, I guess that's uh, that's a presumption for how. The, well, I mean, I'm not saying we don't have them, but at the time we were like, you know, we had an interstate. And a mall, yeah. you know. <laughs> we all wear no, shoes. <laughs> yes, we all wear shoes. And and it's so funny because it does remind me of um, when we were covering the Roy Moore thing, the, the Senate candidate, and he's doing all these nutty things, and he's riding his horse to the polls. Right. And at the time, all of us were just getting inundated with phone calls to do radio and television interviews from all over the world. And um, I learned that Southern speaking to Australian, you might as well just be speaking a totally different language because neither (laughs) one of us understood the other. But I had a person from, I think it was the BBC called, and they were talking about Roy Moore riding his horse. And she was very serious. She said, but now that's a common thing in in Alabama and the South, right? You ride horses. And I said, well, no. (laughs) I've been on a horse like at the fair one time, but... I mean, we don't just, like, ride horses down the street to go to the grocery store. But she was very serious. You know, this, you ride a horse. Well, no. And I think that's what, you know, we, we've given up on improving that image 
Thanks, Roy. That helped but, us a lot. Well, that's, um, not imp- that's not a bad image. I mean, I'll take it. I, I think, <laughs> and I think that's one no, of the things Roy. is we we embrace our yeah. our country. You know, I'm the country. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. And and yes. I think oh, yeah. that's why, even though most folks aren't country, it's still Southern seems very country to people because we've taken our roots with us. And and well, and yes, but I didn't want her to thinking that we all like <laughs> trotted around on a horse everywhere with our little cowboy outfit on that's what i was trying to avoid and it is funny because i live in huntsville we're a military community um lots of people end up here that have never been to alabama and their impression i always ask whenever i talk to somebody you know what was your had you ever been here before and what was your impression before you got here and it's usually oh my gosh you know my friend said oh no you're going to alabama and then they retire here and love it so right you know, I think it's the difference between, and, and even in Alabama, we have our own, you know, I probably just revealed some of my urban prejudice about not riding the horse. Apparently, I <laughs> want to ride a horse places, but, um, <laughs> you know, we think we're going down to the Black Belt. It's a more rural, more um, undeveloped area, so we might think, oh, my gosh, I'm having to go, you know, down there, and it's really a beautiful place. So it's, you know, but so improving image was not something I guess Alabamians were that worried about, which maybe that's a good thing. And uh, they didn't really care about 3D guns or legalized marijuana. You know, some of those issues that they get to be big issues somewhere else Mm -hmm. really just weren't, you know, they were like 3D guns. Oh, boy. You know, (laughs) print one upstairs. Yeah, they're also like hot topics that people like to, uh, frankly, on the Internet, they're going to share those stories and comment on them and get mad about them. But in the grand scheme of things, Confederate monuments, I mean, uh, and and I'm not picking on either side here, but I mean, they, frankly, in your daily life, and I know a lot of people have problems with them and a lot of people have have placed their, their regional pride in them, but in the grand scheme of things. It's not affecting a daily life. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think that's that's a good reminder for anybody about that vocal group of people that can make a lot of noise um, over an issue that a lot of people may not be as invested in. You know, right. they're they're just not. It's not that they don't care. It's not that they don't think. Oh, they're doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not a part of their daily life. It was an interesting survey. I always like to kind of see, you know, and again, you take all these sort of surveys. Like I said, it's, it's not a um, scientific survey. I always say it's more of an indicator. It's, it's a barometer of sort of where people are going. But I was surprised about education. I assumed education would be number one, um, you know, but maybe I think sometimes people feel education, they like their school, but they realized education screwed up. You know, mm-hmm. I think you get some of that going on. Mm-hmm. And I also think that people don't always buy into the fact that Alabama's education system is that backwards, maybe until they go somewhere else. I, I don't know what that – or if it's just an insurmountable problem. I'm not sure. I thought education would, would be I, – I thought it would be number one. You think by choosing education, they they thought they meant they were – committing to hey we need to pump more money into it and maybe a lot of people are like they like to knock it they like to say oh you're alabama public education but then uh they figure hey they've got enough money they ought to do with what they got yeah because absolutely anytime you start talking about spending money on education especially if it's something like a building or new technology the number one thing you will hear is, well, I didn't have that. Why did that? They don't need that. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, re- you renew a tax that's been in place for 20 years, and it's a huge fight. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always, like we talked about with politicians, there's always the idea of they could manage this better. You know, mm-hmm. how can this? And, and they can. I mean, I'm not disagreeing sure. with that. I see goofy things all the time. But um, <laughs> it's, you know, let's let's don't spend the last two weeks of school just having field day and taking up the books because we have to be in school that time. Right. But um, I think a lot of people maybe just are kind of beaten down with that issue. They don't really know how to address it. And they don't feel like there's a a way to make a huge change except in their local school. And I think that's probably the best way to make the change is, is in your local school. And maybe that's why these issues were important to people because they thought, well, I might can deal with some of these on my local level, but I really can't deal with Montgomery, you know, corruption on a big level. Right. But right. apparently nobody can deal with that, so – well, yeah. the the disparities in schools also is is something that makes it where it's hard, people who care don't see the worst of it. You know, uh, people who are right. who have the who, uh, when I say who care, people who have the deeper pockets and are able and and interested in school systems are interested in their local school system, like you right. ought to be. Right. But it it yeah. doesn't it doesn't always trickle down. You know, from a state level, and then of course there's the realization that. When it's state funding, when it's, you know, when you go beyond your your school district, like anything else in government, it, it, it's a little less efficient sometimes and a little less right. control you have. And and I think it's hard to get people here a lot of times. And I understand to, to buy into the going to through Montgomery or Washington on things. Right. Yeah. No, I don't I don't think they're going to. I think. And I think that's one of the issues we have with the way Alabama's education system is set up, and every county has, you know, five school systems or whatever. And, and I understand why it started in many cases is because they wanted that local control. Mm-hmm. Um, when I lived in Shelby County, there was one school system. Now there's, I think there's four or five, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just they want that super tight local control, and they also want their money staying with their schools and it. It's very interesting. I used to live in Hartsell, which is a small town in North Alabama. Mm-hmm. And Hartsell has one of – it is a typical middle-class southern town, you know, 15,000, 16,000 people, nice town, but excellent school system, excellent. You know, very, very good school system, very small, like one high school, one junior high, a couple of elementary schools. But the reason it had such a good school system was at, at one time – and, and Mountain Brook's probably passed it now. This has been a couple years ago. But Hartsell – per person, put more local tax dollars in their local school system than anywhere else in the state. Mm-hmm. So they've made a commitment to fund education. Well, right. guess what? It paid off. But even there, they had a fight. It took several years to get a new high school built, even when the old one literally was collapsing. Mm-hmm. Because it was that same thing of, you know, well, they, I didn't have this fancy school. Why do you need it? But it's, I think that's that local. People want that local control of education, so maybe they're just like, and if you if you vote for education, are you saying, well, I want more, you know, federal oversight? I want more, and that's the last thing anybody here wants on anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want anybody telling us what to do. Right, right. No, we no. don't know what to do. We just don't want anybody else telling us. What to do. <laughs> right, and I'm always <laughs> yeah. I'm sympathetic to that, but the, you do have the 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 poor uh, rural and small town areas. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's. We've, you know, as years as a reporter, I've been in some of those places, and it does. It breaks your heart. But I've also been in some of those places where you've got just fabulous teachers, and mm-hmm. even on a small scale, you know, they're, they're making something out of nothing. And I think those yeah. places are just amazing 
You know, and that's what we need to be looking at is how do we replicate those type of situations and how do we reward those teachers who are really making those sacrifices and making things work. Tricia Powell Crane did a story, and, and, you know, I wish I would have looked it up before we talked about this. We, we weren't real sure we would focus this much on education, but um, uh, where, and I can't remember what school system it was, there was one well, just was shining. It, uh, down in the Black Belt. Yeah. I think those type of schools, but then you, you, you get so frustrated because, not to pick on Birmingham, but then you you look at a Birmingham City school and, um, you know, that... You see all these crazy things go on, and they're worried about all this stuff, and their football team has no uh, coolers for their Friday night to put water in while they're on the half side, half, you know, the sidelines because the school says they can't afford it. And that's an actual case that, that I know about in Birmingham City Schools. And, and you think, really? You know, I mean, and I know it's football. It's an extracurricular activity. But at the same time, there's a health and safety issue there. And so you just kind of get very frustrated at some of these big, unwieldy systems just as much as you get frustrated at these little small ones that maybe don't seem to be getting it done you know just because you're a small school doesn't mean you're not a good school and uh just because you're a big school doesn't mean you can let things slide and i think we see some of that sort of on the opposite ends yeah very yeah very very true very true yeah i didn't mean just to go the rural route we have some some troubles and some some um which i'm a product of birmingham city school so (laughs) i can say that see I'm, i'm justified to say that Long that's, time ago, though. <laughs> yeah, it's funny about Birmingham. There's this thing about in Alabama, for anybody who's outside, where where people sort of, they like to pick on Birmingham. And, and Birmingham sometimes picks on itself, but it also has a chip on its shoulder about that. <laughs> they have good food. Does that count? They have really good restaurants. There's some great <laughs> spots there. <laughs> it, is, it is a hipster's paradise down here now. And it I, is a hip- I like it, was, it a lot. Yeah. It, it's a nice place in, in, in a lot of <laughs> I ways. Mean to- Pick on your ham. Yeah, didn't mean to pick on the ham. Sorry. No, I, like no. I said, you know, you can say it when you're from there. You know, and next time you see me spell a word wrong in a story, just go, oh, Birmingham City Schools, and then you, and then you see, you're doing it. Know. That's right. Yeah, that's what that's what people do. Well, I'm in Huntsville. You know, we're we're snobby up here. So there you go. Oh, the the smart people are, are in Huntsville. Yes. Um, yes. They well, let, they let me sneak in. So we've talked about a lot about education. Now, the, the whole thing, and I'll do the, the Bill Clinton thing, it's the economy, stupid. But economic issues were way down on this list. And mm-hmm. is, that, is that just a product of that things are going well and we practically have n- no unemployment to, to speak of? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, that's a comment on just the current times, if you'd asked this in 2008, I think your answers would have been completely flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, you know, there, there are positive things, as all the craziness that's going on in the world, there are positive things, and one of those is most people who want to work are working. I just saw today, and, and these are temporary seasonal jobs, but for a lot of people, temporary seasonal jobs are what they're looking for. But um, I think it was Target was hiring 100000 People, UPS was hiring 100,000 people. The post office is hiring. And, you know, the good thing about that is it drives wages up. You can't pay nothing if other people are going to pay more. Mm-hmm. So, um, you yeah. know, I think, yeah, I think people just aren't worried about the economy because right now they've, they feel like things are headed in the right direction. I know I go over into Trustful a lot, um, you know, grocery shopping and uh, – my goodness at things, you know, shopping centers and everything being built. I mean, 10 years ago, you oh, would yeah. think no way, you know, on some of this stuff. <laughs> no, I, I will 
peel back that curtain just a little bit. When I was growing up, which was near Trustville at the time, my grandmother's house was in Trustville, and we thought Trustville was the country. There was nothing there. I mean, there was Joel's and there was Trustville Carlot, and that was it. And mm-hmm. then it was like all of a sudden it's just, you know, it's like any suburban little niche place outside whatever city you want. You could, you could, <laughs> but it's like I keep thinking, how many more things are they going to put out there? And and we've we've seen that, but it's because the business is there and the money's there, and you know I think the holidays will be interesting this year. I think people are spending more money, so it'll be great for Amazon. Good for them. See, that's changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Not so good for Toys R Us. Great for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they, they, people just weren't fired up about the economy. They, you know, and things like legalizing marijuana. I just. You know, every time I, I see a list of states next to legalize marijuana, you know, it's not Alabama. And so, you yeah. know, even even products that have helped some people that, that are not, you know, what we would consider marijuana, they're just a derivative of it. Mm-hmm. It takes a, quite a fight to get those things approved here. And um, But, yeah, that, those those type of issues I just don't see a big push for. Yeah. You know, I don't think... Splitting the two uh, marijuana issues into into medicinal and, and recreational. The recreational yeah. side, I just, as much as it's talked about, I, I don't know that people are, I, I may not know what I'm talking about. I don't know that people, other than a few users, are passionate about that at all. No, no, and I, I, I just don't see their, I mean, you have to remember, we're a, we're a state where there are still dry counties. Mm-hmm. And, and we're a state where Sunday liquor sales are still somewhat <laughs> controversial. So to make the leap to marijuana, I, I don't see happening. And, I mean, who's going to, you know, is Walt Maddox going to get up there and say that? I, I, why? You would lose more votes than you would get. So if you look at it through the jaded eye of a politician, why would you champion that? You know, there, there's no benefit for you. We, um, we so also it, have yeah. a bit of a libertarian streak, though, in 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 the state. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, those two things uh, are hard to reconcile sometimes, even, I think even internally with a lot of people there, I think a lot of people in Alabama and this may, I may be speaking for a lot of Southerners here are personally very conservative, but when it comes to government, they, they at least want to be libertarian and want to say, Hey, I'm out of everybody's business, but then it's hard not to when you, you know, when you know what's best and, and liberals and conservatives both have that issue. And that's why populist candidates like Wallace and like Trump do well here because Mm -hmm. they're going to tell you they're, they're going with the population, Mm -hmm. which is leave us alone, you know? And no, I think you are exactly right. I heard someone say, you know, well, we've all heard this. I don't care what you do, just don't rub it in my face. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I've heard that from people here. And I think that's what a lot of people think is, look, just, you know, just leave me out of it and not let me carry on my way. And, and I think a lot of people, you know, I think one of the reasons the South went towards the Republican Party, because Republicans, whether they, it's true or not, they actually say we support smaller government. And I'm not sure either party actually really supports small government. But um, I think Southerners tend to go towards that because of the two, they're going to go more towards, you know, um, uh, less interference. Yeah. And I think that's that's just a I think that's just in our blood. I think it is. I think it's in our DNA as Southerners and as Americans. I, I think America is like that in a in a sense. Now, not necessarily in a conservative uh, versus liberal 
small government, but in a, we don't, we don't trust them. They don't, they spend our money poorly, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I agree completely. And that, 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 like I said, there's always the thought of they could manage it better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one other that we haven't really hit on here and I know we're, I know we're jumping around some, but uh, all these topics are interesting. We could, we could do a show. It's free form thought today. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Lottery and sports betting is number two on the list. Cause, and we, now we talked about marijuana and other things and how, you know, we're conservative and we don't want to move. However, I guess because lotteries talked about so much and Mississippi just got one, people yep. are seems to be, according to this poll, a little more passionate about lottery and uh, and and games. Interesting, isn't it? Well, and now that sports betting is legal and technically legal in every state, Alabama hasn't pulled the trigger on that in every sense yet. Um, it's just going to take somebody wanting to do it. But um, the lottery here, you know, I mean, we've we've voted it down. We sent a governor to prison related to, you know, we, we've done everything we can, but we are literally surrounded by states that, you know, have the lottery. And if you, especially living here in North Alabama, if you have a huge lottery in Tennessee, you can tell the traffic picks up from this state. Yes. So it's a lot like the arguments I've heard. We talked about wet and dry places, about towns that don't sell alcohol. And the number one thing people will say is, well, they're going to go somewhere else and get it. Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we keep the revenue here? And Kay Ivey's not going to champion this um, unless she does it sort of on the way out. Mm-hmm. And, and there's only so many times, I think, that you can cash in the goodwill to vote on it. But it, it would be interesting to see if, the, if, the, if a referendum on it were held today, you know, just on a purely economic. And maybe things, because the economy's going well, people people wouldn't be as apt to vote for it. But I think it's interesting as sort of that more traditional conservative voters get older, get more younger voters, maybe it would pass. I don't know. That would be very interesting. I've looked into that a lot, and the whole system is very interesting. Do you form your own? Do you join the the existing lotto? Do you sign up with the Indians? Do you have a – you know, there's all sorts of things you can do as far as that goes. So it's not just – we pass it and we have a lottery the next day. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, again, I'm not going to take a side on the, on the issue, but like the, the questions I think from a, a lot of perspectives is how dare the government tell me I can't play the lottery. And then what in the world is the government doing in that business? And I know every state right. government is in that business, but it yeah. still is, yeah. is kind of weird that the government does that. And, and I know they use, you know, companies to help them, do it and everything but what a weird way to raise tax money it still is odd to me i know they think it's a magic sure. bullet it's not it really just takes money from different people it takes money from i always say, say that it takes money from people who don't understand statistics that's a, it's a tax yeah. on people yeah. who never took a probability course but yeah. it uh you know it, it's a weird thing for the government to be in but then again the libertarian streak that hey why can't I go buy a lottery ticket? This is crazy. Well, and, you know, what you hear, okay, before this started, you would hear, well, if I want to go take five bucks and spend five bucks, you know, whatever, I'm going to buy a Coke and a candy bar and spend five bucks. Mm-hmm. But you don't hear those stories. You get the people that bankrupted their family and have gambling addictions. You hear these horrible stories. So, you you know, you you get both sides. But I think the best argument against a lottery is, the issue that came in number one, which is, do you trust Alabama politicians to handle the money? 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know anybody who would say, why, yes, I think that's a fabulous idea. You know, I'm going to hand them millions of dollars and see what they do with it. I, I think, you know, if, I, if I'm, I'm not choosing a side either, I really don't have strong feelings either way on this. Mm-hmm. But if I was in charge of the vote against it, I would get up there and say, here's your legislators. Which one would you like to pick to manage the money? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, generally speaking, people would say none. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I just think that's the biggest argument against the lottery in Alabama. And I know there are ways you set this up and you say the money goes towards this, and then you get into, well, are we going to gamble to benefit education? And, you know, do we pay for scholarships? And then those scholarships don't always work out. And, you know, it. But I do think we're coming to the day where Alabama has a lottery mm-hmm. and Mississippi sure. going the direction it's going and the sports gambling you know, kind of going on, I think we're the Porch Creek Indians in Alabama, their presence, you know, if you've been to their casinos in Atmore, um, they're fabulous, you know, they're beautiful buildings, and uh-huh. I, I don't think we're going to become a gambling mecca, but I, I think probably, you know, maybe next five years, ten years down the road, depends on mm-hmm. what happens, and, you know, it, it depends on a lot, too, if the economy goes back down, Alabama finds itself needing money, which it always does, then then they might warm up to the idea mm-hmm. just a little more. Walt yeah. Maddox, uh, Walt Maddox, the, the Democrat running for governor, is is champion a lottery. And then Governor Ivey has indicated that she wouldn't stand in the way of it if they had a referendum and pushed it through. In other words, if it's popular enough with the people, you know, well, it's popular yeah. enough with me. But, you know, I've never understood politicians, and I do have a problem with this, and I've dealt with this before in different issues. Uh, first of all, people say, well, the city council voted to sell alcohol on Sundays. Well, no, they can't. They just voted to let you vote. And I don't think the politicians should stand in the way. If you meet legal requirements to place it in front of the people, place it in front of the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think that's where it belongs. Yeah. Then let them fight it out and see. You know, but you talk about dark money. Oh, Lord. When you start having a vote on gambling, Mm-hmm. You think all this money is not going to come out of the woodwork pro and con? Oh, yeah. You know, it's going to be crazy leading up to it. And then we're going to – so you'll have that go through, and then about two years later, you'll have another round of indictments related to the money that went in somebody's pocket. And then we start all <laughs> over again with the ethics complaint. Yeah, that's <laughs> the sports betting side, especially with that. That can, uh, yeah. can be rough. That's that's a really interesting one, though. You know, Buffalo Wild Wings came out about a month ago, the, the restaurant chain, and said they're working to put that in their restaurants. Like you would go in, you know how you get the little games to keep your kids occupied or whatever? Oh, yeah. They would give you a, you know, a sports betting kiosk, and you could do whatever, you, you know, while you're sitting there waiting on your wings. Um, I thought, wow, that's kind of, you just hope your kid doesn't get in and start pressing buttons. But, it, <laughs> it uh, yeah, that's all I need. But so I think as those things become more normalized, that was a huge ruling by the Supreme Court that that sort of cleared the way for sports betting. And uh, it's just going to take somebody jumping on it to get it really. I mean, you know, Mississippi was the next day almost. You know, yeah. I think New Jersey was right away because they are the ones who brought the suit. But these states that had a gambling mechanism in place, they didn't hesitate because obviously that's just money. They're just building on an em- an existing infrastructure to get that passed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that won't be any corruption at all. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll give us some stuff to cover. Yeah, exactly. We'll have our next list. I mentioned in the opening 
to this show about the hurricane and um, Hurricane Florence, which is um, well as we as we record this, it's it's really drenching the Carolinas, and I didn't I didn't want to get into too much detail about it. But um, uh, because, you know, things change, you know, depending on when when you listen to this show. But we wanted to uh, just share a couple of a couple of hurricane anecdotes because we've you know, that's what people do during a hurricane. They sit around and talk about the last hurricanes (laughs) and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You mentioned you mentioned one, Lita. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one because it's interesting timing. Um, We had hurricane. Ivan, I believe it was, come through in 2004, mm. made its way up to Huntsville, North Alabama, as a tropical storm. So, you know, it's, it's not unheard of, but it's rare. And um, it just so happened it came through on the weekend I was getting married. And so you think, well, I'm in Huntsville. I don't have to worry about a hurricane. Uh, thankfully, the service was indoors, but the location that was hosting the service um, canceled the rehearsal, the wedding rehearsal, because they were worried about flooding in downtown Huntsville, which we <laughs> thankfully didn't have. Interestingly enough, the after rehearsal dinner, which which turned out to be just the dinner because we had no rehearsal, was um, outdoors and turned out just fine, and everything was jolly. And 14 years later, we're still married, so it obviously worked. <laughs> but it was that was sort of my, you know, what are the chances of having your wedding rehearsal canceled by a hurricane in North Alabama. But that did happen. I, you know, that was sort of my – so I can always remember, you know, because our, our anniversary is actually the 18th of September, so it's it's sort of like, oh, yeah, that's when that hurricane came through. I remember that. But, you know, we just – we don't get a, a – by the time they get here, it's usually just rain. We don't get like a tropical depression type rain. But we did that day, of course. My husband would probably tell you that was a sign of things to come, but maybe not. <laughs> they say in Alabama you can't get married during football season, but what they don't tell you, you also can't get married during hurricane season. It's crazy. Right, and that was the Auburn-LSU game and the <laughs> Alabama-Western Kentucky game. I picked the date of the wedding, and I'll let you decide which fan I am that was less <laughs> concerned about the game. <laughs> Ivan was a crazy hurricane anyway. That's the one that did the loop. It like went in around Pensacola and, 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 and Mobile and went up the eastern seaboard and back out in the Atlantic and came down and hit the Florida Keys and all that. Um, so that, that, was, weird? that was a nuts. Now, I'll, I'll tell my hurricane story, and it's my favorite. Yeah, yours is probably way better, you Florida guy. Well, I, you know, what's really weird out of all the hurricanes I've been around and, and tropical storms I've been, I don't know for sure that, and I don't think I've ever actually been in hurricane force winds. I think I've managed to, to miss that through the years, but in, and, and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't go figure the year. I think it was 1995. Almost. Yeah. I'm pretty positive. Hurricane Opal. I think. Oh yeah. I, I remember Opal. Yeah. It was I, about that time. Yeah, the eye went in around uh, between Fort Walton Beach and Pensacola, I think, and and I'm speaking from memory here, so I'm I'm not going to be given coordinates or anything. No, that's quite right because it it did make it to Birmingham and stuff. Yeah, it it went up that way. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I spoke to my wife yeah. who grew up in Birmingham about Opal, but I was a student at Florida State University at the time, and I was living in in Tallahassee, and I had uh, a friend came over from who went to school in in Pensacola at West Florida, and. Uh, 
after we we had a we had tropical storm force winds there were trees down and limbs down well after sort of the wind died down and we decided to get in the car because we idiots and and ride around town and so my roommate and i and, and and my friend from west florida were driving around tallahassee nobody's on the roads but you'll see a tree down every now and then and yeah as we as we go past um dope campbell stadium my friend in the back seat just i don't know why it just happened to be there because we were guys i guess in college sticks a football into the front seat and says hey y'all want to want to play and it was, and th- now th- mind you, th- this is before 9-11 and a lot of people don't realize yeah. how big a, a difference in life, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, things you could just were walk before out. 9-11. Yeah. You can, you could get in anything. So we, we just parked there outside Dope Campbell and walked in and jumped a wall and down on the field <laughs> and, and went out there and it was so dark, you, you had to throw the ball high in the air so you could see it against the sky, you know, to, to see it. But uh, we went out there sliding. It was Miami week, by the way. The, the yeah. Seminoles, Seminoles were going to play Miami, but we're sliding through the end zone, and um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> we weren't the only students there. There were some. There were some. Uh, a couple of students um, smoking a left-handed cigarette on the 50-yard line. Gotcha. So they beat gotcha. us. Well, they beat yeah. us to the outlaw in in the whole outlaw thing. But that that was a blast. <laughs> that was fun. That's my that's my hurricane memory was playing football. Well, depending on how the, those throws went, they may want you back this year. Just saying. I guess. <laughs> you know, I, I think I could I could block somebody if I needed to. I could, <laughs> I could keep one guy off of the quarterback for three or four seconds. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, along those lines, totally un unhurricane unrelated. There was a I was at a high school football game last Friday night and um, had a really good little kicker, you know, like senior, junior in high school. And, I mean, just as, to a person, everybody said, can you go to Alabama? Like, it was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so it's totally unrelated. But, no, yes, I'm glad. To, that That is a pretty great story, though. But, yeah, Opal was a mess. I do remember that one, too. But, luckily, oh. we're, we're we generally don't have to deal with that too bad, except, of course, you know, on the coast. And we certainly hope all that dries up quickly it's a slow storm and that's very scary i'm sure all right well i sure appreciate you taking the time to talk no problem we'll holler again sometime soon sounds good thanks all right, all right. hey y'all this is ike a couple show notes for you i mentioned there had been a black belt area school system that had some positive news over the summer but i couldn't remember exactly which one trisha powell crane authored a series of stories on education in the state called tackling the gap which examined some of the proficiency levels between black students and white students. Now, even rich school systems in Alabama struggled with this, but Pike County, and that's where Troy is down there, they showed a high poverty rate and high levels of proficiencies for white and black students. And another thing on, another thing was Hurricane Ivan back in 2004. I mentioned how it had gone off the East Coast and looped back down to Florida, which it did. But it was extra tropical at that point, meaning it had lost the characteristics of a tropical system. It didn't form back into a depression until spending some time in the Gulf, somewhere south of Louisiana. As for Hurricane Opal, I did remember correctly that it was 1995. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Monday with another news briefing. Until then, y'all come see us anytime you want to at AL.com. <laughs>